Welcome to the Deeper Look Podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Matt. This is the podcast dedicated to politics, tech, general news, and more. Oh, wow. We've got a show for you today, guys. All right. Uh, I mean, Matt, what do you want to talk about first? Just well, you know got what? Quite the... Yeah, we got, we got quite, the, uh, quite the palette of topics. The today. lineup. Uh, I say we uh, hop right into the GeForce RTX, now a thousand times better than previous generation. Because, uh, some th- because for some reason, uh, it, yeah, <laughs> they jumped a thousand gener or well, it technically only ten generations from the uh, ten eighty to the twenty eighty. Yeah. Now I think we still don't really have any like specs on it. Like, oh, we they said it's Turing architecture and like like uh ray tracing and stuff but i don't know we don't really know any specifics there's there's yeah. pre-orders up but um yeah not uh, yeah, not much we know about it other than the price <laughs> yeah uh oh here i got some specs here so the 2080 ti rtx 2080 ti is on the turing architecture oh yeah other um, than that uh, it's boost clock is 1635 frame buffer is 11 gigabytes of that that's GDR just the memory six, yeah so 11 gigabytes of gdr 11 gigabytes geez, of gddr6 and 14 gigabits per second for memory speed the geforce rtx 2080 ti oh that was the founder's edition i just read off the regular one okay on the turing architecture of course um 1545 megahertz boost clock, uh, and then the same memory and the same memory speed. And then the, oh yeah, comparing it to the, well, shoot. Yeah, comparing it to the 1080 Ti. So the 2080 Ti is actually slower than the 1080 Ti. Uh, so that's interesting. But of course, it doesn't have RTX. Uh, of course. Oh, and it has slice, slightly faster memory, which um, I assume you need for that RTX there. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. We don't really know any like like why it works. If it's just like some magic dust, yeah. or because uh, <laughs> that, that's why, that's interesting. Why exactly, it's it's working. Like I think what they're trying to say is that graphics cards are to the point now where it's just. Um, like if they've just gotten fast enough to do real time um ray tracing from the leaked uh, benchmarks obviously um isn't looking so good i think what was that like some tomb raider the new tomb raider game like what 3540 fps 1080p with ray tracing yeah so i mean it's exciting but i I don't think it's there we might need to wait another generation or two and and it was kind of suspicious because ceo uh said like a couple months ago that there's no new cards um, on the horizon so like having this come up like this is kind of suspicious I guess I don't know it might just be you know it might just be like a trim down Volta or something who knows we'll see um, but yeah, definitely a bold move to and, make and the, a yeah. pricey move to to buy it. Holy cow! Yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, definitely a bold move to make the 2080 Ti have a slower boost clock than the 1080 Ti. Uh, 
that's an interesting move there. But uh, I don't know. I, I suppose RTX then is that a separate chip or is it not involved oh. with the clock speed? Because well, so usually when on like a new generation, the so like the this usually doesn't happen when they release the TI level first, which is kind of having me suspicious because um. So like the the 980 was about as fast as the 780 Ti, right? Mm-hmm, and but mm-hmm. the 780 Ti came out like a bit later than the 780 did, right? Mm-hmm. But it coming out now, it might be because the 2080 isn't that much faster than the 1080 Ti to like warrant an upgrade. So they're having to go full out right away. Yeah, yeah. So it might not be that much better. I don't know. Um. Like, obviously, just looking at raw specs, yeah, it has more CUDA cores, yeah, it has more RAM, but, like, the actual chip itself, like, we don't really know anything about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it could just be, like, um, marginally better. Oh, shoot, actually, here, I just found a page off of NVIDIA's website. They have the uh, full specs right here. Uh, so, oh, uh, it's not being compared to the... 1080 well, see, and they and they can tell us that it's like the twin yeah, chip, yeah. but well, what is yeah. that? So, um, uh, yeah, they don't have the 1080 Ti to compare it to. So, I mean, not making it easy on me here. Uh, I guess we'll never know. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, then yeah, then there was some drama. Uh, well, I don't know if it's really drama, but Tom's hardware yeah. uh, selling this, out. I don't know. I don't know if it's an editorial or just an opinion piece. Well, yeah. Saying, just buy it. <laughs> Why NVIDIA RTX GPUs are worth the money? First off, before even like reading the article, um, we don't know how well it works. It's just pre-orders. It's like telling people to pre-order a game because it's going to be worth it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just... And, and like the article goes in, and they're saying, like, oh, yeah, like... You you could you could buy a last generation 1080 Ti for cheap, but you won't be able to get the the RTX features like ray tracing. <laughs> it's like really. Well, and at the end of the article, it says, "Oh, this is just an op-ed." And there's another another article that says you shouldn't buy it yet. But I mean, it it's just it's tough to defend. Uh, I'll, I'll read a couple of my favorite quotes here. Uh, you could buy the last generation GTX 1080 Ti for as little as $526, but if you do, you won't be able to take advantage of the key RTX features like real-time ray tracing and great 4K gaming performance until your next upgrade. I mean, that just reads like an ad, like a straight-up <laughs> ad. And then uh, my, my favorite one here is, life is short. How many months or years do you want to wait to enjoy a new experience? <laughs> yeah. You can sit around twiddling your thumbs and hoping that an RTX 2080 gets cheaper. Or you can enter the world of ray tracing and high-speed 4K gaming today and never look back. When you die and your whole life flashes before your eyes, how much of it do you want to not have ray tracing? You will be sad that you didn't see that extra shadow oh. or that like that that extra texture, that extra like high resolution texture. You will be you will you will regret it on your deathbed. Yes, I mean this is just like saying like you only live so long, so why don't you just waste all your money on on a Ferrari? Exactly, um, because you'll be on your deathbed wishing that you wasted all your money when in your midlife crisis to buy a Ferrari, but you didn't. 
Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then I saw the, this great comment on the article. It said, I bet you bought a PhysX card when they were released. How did that turn out for you? <laughs> um, I don't know if you know the history of PhysX. It was originally made by BFG as like a separate card that you'd put in your computer and then do the PhysX computations. Mm-hmm. But NVIDIA bought them out. Um, but really, PhysX went nowhere. Like, other than the Batman games, I, I can't think of anything offhand that actually used um, PhysX. You know, let's look at NVIDIA's website. PhysX games. Uh, yeah, old older games. All Batman, Witcher 3, Borderlands pre-sequel, Call of Duty Ghosts, <laughs> uh, Assassin's Creed 4. There you go. There's only, there's only, like, maybe 50 games. So... Yeah. It looks like yeah, Borderlands, Metro, and Batman series. Um, Heart, yeah. So really, these technologies could be all hyped up and not really go anywhere. Like PhysX, it sounds like this like cool next gen thing, like like simulating all these particles without like like leg, but like just never really took off. So yeah, yeah. I also yeah. like how he uh, throws economics out the window. Just says. You may think you could buy it later and get it cheaper, but no, it's just going to get more expensive. Like because I, it's special now. B- yeah, because that reasons. doesn't mean it'll always be special. Well, because this is Nvidia's last card, and they'll never release another one. You know. <laughs> oh my gosh! I, yeah, interesting, interesting article. And and it's like, I don't think he understands that like cards can do ray tracing like i think any like direct x i think like ray tracing is part of like direct x 12 mm. um but like this card apparently just has like better processing for it um like you could theoretically do it um but it's it's not like you have to have this card to do it but like you probably want it if you're gonna play new games and high settings with ray tracing but <sighs> It's it seems weird that they'd structure an entire card around like a gimmick, right? Yeah. Like or something that could potentially be a gimmick. For sure. Like 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 with the Phys X card, and that was worse because that was just like a completely separate card. And see let's <laughs> see how that turned out. Um Yeah. <laughs> there's there's value in being an early adopter, <laughs> like having performance issues. Like, like so many games, like, when they first come out are just so bad. And same thing with hardware. Like, when uh, Ryzen first came out, it was not a perfect product. It took them a while to actually, like, like, f- like do some fixes. Because I remember there was some, pr- like, benchmarking, like, issues and stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I think that uh, nicely leads us into our next article. Major Prison Strikes. <laughs> spread across the U.S. and Canada as inmates refuse food. Best segue, like, wow. that <laughs> 10 was, out of 10, Matt. Yeah, <laughs> 10 out of 10, IGN. That was great. Um, yeah, so basically, uh, prison strikes in Canada and U.S. Um, it's just the select states in the U.S. Uh, let's see here. Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina. Um, and a lot of them... Uh, so, basically, they set out... Um, 10 uh, demands and I don't know some some are definitely interesting which I think we can talk about here Uh, these are the 10 demands Uh, I'm not sure Uh, anyway so first one improvement uh, in conditions and recognizing their humanity Uh, second 
an end to prison slavery. Any prisoner worker uh, must be paid the minimum wage of that state or more. Uh, third demand, the Prison Litigation Reform Act must be rescinded. Uh, I'm not sure what that's about. Fourth demand, the Truth in, in, Sent- Truth in Sentencing Act and the Sentence Reform Act must be rescinded. Uh, fifth demand, an end to racial overcharging over sentencing. Sixth demand, an end to racist gang enhancement laws. Seventh demand, no prisoner will be denied rehabilitation programs uh, because apparently some like um, uh, prisoners considered like high risk or violent uh, can be uh, denied rehabilitation. Uh, eighth, uh, state prisons must provide more rehabilitation services. Nine, uh, Pell Grants must be reinstated. And ten, prisoners must be allowed to vote. So uh, definitely a lot of uh, interesting ones. I think, uh, first of all, I think me and you are on the same side of the coin here of rehabilitation over punishment. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, and so I, I definitely totally agree with, I mean, denying a prisoner a rehabilitation program like because like just because they're high risk too like that's just it's not it's just like they need it more like (laughs) i mean i mean now i imagine most of those people are probably in prison for life or very a very long time but i mean still like I, i mean if they're in prison for life that almost makes it worse because if they're being refused um treatment there's literally there's no way out then you're just kind of yeah i mean like <laughs> stuck there like yeah cuz i mean i think there's still an advantage to rehabilitating a prisoner even if they're like in there for life it like assuming rehabilitating means like i mean i suppose we should define it here as like you know making them nonviolent changing their ways like that's helpful yeah. even if they have a life sentence right or if, if it's if it's a drug crime uh, mm-hmm. Treating it like a health issue and not a crime issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, I guess the two other ones that would uh, that are slightly controversial. I'm not sure. Uh, so prisoners must be allowed to vote. Uh, I'm not sure about my stance on this. Uh, what's your stance? So, um, I think uh, they should be allowed to vote because they're still a citizen um, of the United States. Um, yes, they did commit a crime, but that shouldn't, like, it shouldn't mean they should just be denied, like, a pretty major, um, right of U.S. citizens. Mm-hmm. Well, because I know, like, um, so felons, uh, can't own a gun, for example, which yeah. I, I don't think is a very controversial topic. So, I guess, like, I'm trying to think. The reasoning there is that if you're a felon, you committed a crime where, like, they don't want you to own a gun because you'd most likely be use it to commit another crime. Uh, so voting, I mean, I, I'm not sure I see the harm in letting a felon vote. Mm-hmm. Because especially, yeah. like, prisoners, like, they're the only ones in there that like know the conditions so if they can't vote i feel like that's yeah that's um yeah because i'm trying to think right now is there a reason they shouldn't be allowed to vote and yeah i I really can't think of one yeah like they they committed a crime but that doesn't really necessarily have anything to do with voting because i mean like i guess maybe like a counter argument would be like well, I mean, but 
like maybe a kind of argument would be they'd vote for people that would legalize their crime, but I mean, I feel like they'd rather vote for people that would improve their conditions. I don't know. I mean, it end of the day, they're not a very large portion of the population, so hmm. I don't yeah, know. But you ha- uh, you have to remember though, in some states. Um, they can't vote even if they're on parole. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So that's yeah, that's interesting. All, like, so so only two states um, have just unrestricted voting rights um, for people for felons, and that's Maine and Vermont. And then there are fourteen states where um, you're voting um, disenfranchisement. <laughs> the mm. word used ends like after um like like at the actual incarceration in the, in the jail is done so mm-hmm. um dc hawaii illinois indiana maryland massachusetts michigan montana new hampshire north dakota ohio oregon pennsylvania rhode island and utah and then some uh it ends after um incarceration and parole is complete which is california colorado connecticut and new york and then 19 states require not only that incarceration is complete, but also that any probation sentence is complete, which is um, a lot of other states. Um, so, yeah, it's not just if you're in prison. You can mm-hmm. be on um, probation probation or parole and still not be able to vote. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other, I'd say, semi-controversial one would be uh, an end to prison slavery. Any prison prisoner working must be paid that state's wage I I don't know I guess I'm trying to think is I mean you're you're in prison and like you're like I mean obviously you're in prison but your room and board is being paid for like I mean I realize it's not like you know a shwanky uptown apartment building it's prison but you know like the I don't know. I think it's kind of I don't know. Like that, you should like be provided a job. You should get paid for that job, and you should have absolutely no expenses. I mean, now that's like assuming they don't have like a family outside of prison or anything. Which ooh shoot, that might be another argument. But I mean, uh, uh, wow, I'm just talking myself on my own viewpoint. But I mean, yeah. I, I, I think I, I disagree that it's slavery. Uh, I'm not sure about your view. So, like, um, slavery um, is still allowed, or prison slavery is still allowed. Uh, it was a loophole in the 13th Amendment. Um, like, so it can be used as pun- like as mm-hmm. as a punishment for committing a crime. But, um, uh, like, sure, you may be a criminal but you're still doing labor, mm-hmm. but you're just not getting paid. Yeah. Like, and, um, I think, like, they, and they can work for, like, private companies, um, I think, like, doing, like, prison insourcing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, if, I don't know, especially if they work for a private company and they're not getting paid at least minimum wage, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Because, I mean... At first, especially especially with the for-profit prisons, it gets pretty yeah yeah sketchy. Because yeah, at first I was thinking, 
of them just as isolated people and they have nothing outside of prison and they're just getting room and board. But I mean, now that I think about like, if you have like a family and you're in prison, but you can still provide for them to some extent, like that would be pretty huge. Mm-hmm. But then uh, I feel like that would be a pretty difficult law to pass to convince people to increase their taxes to pay prisoners and lawbreakers to work. Like, I feel like that'd be fairly controversial. But um, they could also be hired by private companies, and That's they would true. just, like, not, like, pay them, like, 20 cents an hour or whatever. Shoot, but, I mean, uh, also on the flip side is, I mean, I've always thought, I mean, I could be totally wrong here, but, you know, I've always thought if I was homeless, I mean... You know, just go shoplifting. Then you just get free room and board. <laughs> and if you get a job, too, and then, you like, you literally leave prison with more money than you came in with. I don't know if they can have banks. But with, I the, don't know. with the thing about that, though, is once um, you go to prison, there's a pretty high chance that you're going to go back uh, just because mm-hmm. most, mo- just mostly, like, your circumstances. Yeah. So. <sighs> well, then... And now I'm um, thinking about it, it's like, what would they do with that money, right? Because if like, they're just sits in prison. Yeah, like, because, I mean, if they're just expected to carry it on them, then I feel like there'd be so much more robbery. It, and if you're allowed to put it in banks, and that's just, that's interesting that you can have, I don't know, it's interesting. A complex subject, for sure. And, and you have to remember that the U.S. Um, has the most prisoners in any country by far, too. So, mm-hmm. that's fun. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we're looking at a pretty high tax hike. hike. It's like, I don't know. Well, I mean, not necessarily. It just depends on how it would it would work out. Yeah, I suppose. Whatever. <sighs> I mean, because also, if, like, assuming there's just, like, it's just one dude, he doesn't have any family, no one to give money to like what would he do with that money i mean i had no kid education like, like is there <laughs> but i mean like you're in prison like assuming you're serving like a 30 year sentence but i suppose you could come out of prison but see the dude uh <laughs> who really wanted to end a prison slavery is serving a life sentence which i found interesting because it's like what are you going to spend that money on? Like, if you have no family and you have a life sentence, what would you spend that money on? No, I think it might be more of a pride thing at that point. Yeah. Like, just being, like, a literal slave for life. Yeah. Like, that's true. This... Yeah. Because, I mean, that was one of their demands is to be treated like humans, which... That's an interesting <laughs> demand. <laughs> Um, yeah, and, and like number five here, an immediate end to racial overcharging over sentencing and parole denials. That's also a very complex thing because a lot of police departments now have algorithms to do that. And you're first you're like, well, yeah, of course the algorithm can just make a completely like rational decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to remember that, like, especially for like um, drug crimes, black people are re- like, like there's always a thing like black people, and white people do marijuana at roughly the same rate, but like black people are like um not convicted what's the word i'm trying to think of um whatever charged um like way like proportionally more Mm -hmm. and so yeah 
It's just... <laughs> That's just, yeah. Oh, uh, I suppose we should actually mention what they're doing to strike. Uh, so they're going on a hunger strike. So basically, uh, I and uh, I, I, I think it's still going on. It's like a 19-day strike, so someone might die here. But, uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, crazy tax hikes, hey. uh, richest 1% <laughs> on target to own two-thirds of all wealth by 2030, world leaders urge to act as anger over inequality reaches a tipping point. Um, so obviously inequality, especially to extremes like this, um, is bad. <laughs> yeah, Having so I wanted to ask you about that real quick because uh, I feel like I might be missing something. Uh, so I guess I was going to ask, okay, so theoretically, or I guess I was going to ask, what's bad about there being inequality? Is it mostly the social unrest or their actual economic bad things to there being inequality? So, like, basically, um, well, what this says is that, um, well, I'll just say, like, you know, like, periods that had high inequality, like, led to periods that had sci- high social unrest, like okay. the Gilded Age, yep, and yep. then, remember, yeah, I, I think I talked about that uh, a while ago, but, um, like, the, all that money that the 1% has, like, like I guess they're predicting 64%, is just money that the 99% <laughs> sure. doesn't have, mm-hmm. um, and, like, it I didn't, I didn't really just I didn't really like think about this one a lot, but um like like inequality wealth inequality leads to like instability and like corruption in governments obviously mm-hmm. with like um like paying off the government whatever yeah. to keep laws in place that would keep you rich mm-hmm. um bank bailouts stuff like that um Yeah, because, yeah, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I'd say that probably seems like the biggest problem is social unrest because, you know, then people think uh, they just have an unfair damage, which, I mean, they do. And, uh, you know, they feel cheated out of their money and then. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I was also going to say, uh, so I'm not sure the solution uh I'm not sure that I have a solution in my mind that I'd like, but uh, what would your solution be to fix this massive... Uh, I'm sorry I'm putting you on the spot here. But <laughs> I, like, this is kind of a massive issue, but, like, I guess I was asking, like, so would you advocate for, like, wealth redistribution or... Um, I don't know. Like, because all I'm thinking about right now is that's the only solution I can think of. I feel like there's definitely more. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, because if we keep going as it is now, obviously, especially after um, Citizens United, um, the rich people will just keep, like, they have more money, so they're just Mm going to keep lobbying to have laws put in place that will keep them um, rich. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Jeez. Because, yeah, like, um, yeah, wealth, some sort of wealth-free distribution obviously doesn't have to be um, full-out just, like, taking money from the rich people and giving it to the poor, but, like, mm-hmm. you know, making them, f- like, f- 
funds like some like public assistance um, for low-paid workers or something. Yeah. Well, and I, I think it's also important. I I just yeah. I, I think it's also important to remember that. Um, well, so it says today the top one percent hold one hundred and forty trillion dollars. Uh, it's important to remember that there isn't just a mound of $140 trillion out there and 1% of the people on Earth are sitting on it. I mean, most of that is tied yeah. up in... Almost, like, I probably 99.9% of that is tied up in stocks. So uh, maybe another uh, solution would be, you know, like, requiring them to... I, I don't know. Uh, you know, maybe, like, you have to give one stock to every American citizen. That would be pretty controversial. But you know, or like, yeah, I mean, maybe like, like especially with big companies, just making them pay their workers more because mm. right now, like, like with Disney, like it took them, like I, I just saw an article today. Disney's finally paying all of their workers at least fifteen dollars an hour, um, like which, which from what I've heard, it doesn't sound um, too fun to actually work at Disney. Like especially in like Disneyland or Disney World. Yeah, I'd imagine. Um, and yeah, and like like not giving people like Elon Musk huge like sums of money mm-hmm. f- from the government. Like, um, I know Gunnar goes off about this um, with Musk, and yeah, it was like what five billion dollars or something that the government gave him, or not gave him, but it was like a um, grant or whatever, mm, mm-hmm. but like, like yeah, looking at like Jeff Bezos for example. Well, here first thing uh, to kind of put this in perspective. So like a millionaire, it sounds like a lot, but if you think about it, a million seconds um, is about uh, eleven days, right? Mm-hmm. Now guess how many a billion seconds is? Thirty-two years. Yeah. Wow, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I know my trivia. <laughs> so, like, just thinking about, like, a billion dollars, that's, like, yeah, that's a ton of money. And then <laughs> thinking that Apple's a trillion dollar, or I don't know if they still are, but, you know, they hit that trillion dollar company mark, like, yeah, imagining that, that's wild. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so I guess, so... I guess uh, to look for another solution um, is just thinking back. So the Gilded Age, that all kind of ended with the uh, Great Depression. Mm-hmm. Di- so I guess everyone kind of just well, and obviously, like it, it wasn't just um, that. Like obviously, the presidents at that t- at the time didn't do anything mm-hmm. um, and gave pretty big tax uh, gave pretty big tax cuts out um uh, yeah also i looked it up a trillion seconds is uh <laughs> 316 uh no wait no 31,000 years per- holy smokes that's <laughs> a lot yeah i i feel like there's probably definitely more solutions we're missing but uh 
yeah, I guess keep our eyes on it. Because, yeah, it, the main question I had was, I mean, what is the problem with this? Because uh, I was just thinking, like, okay, if there was, you know, a hypothetical village of 100 people, and there's one guy that own, that has a trillion dollars, cold, hard <laughs> cash, just sitting on that pile, and then ni- the 99 each have, like, 20 bucks, all right? They, they're barely getting by. But assuming... That, okay, maybe a village of 100 people doesn't work, but okay, expand that to the world. Assuming that the 99% doesn't care, and they're like, okay, I'm fine with the system. Is there more economic problems with that? Or is the main problem coming from in our um, wealth inequality, the social unrest? Yeah, I don't know. It, just because, like, well, we saw what was a couple weeks ago, like 80% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. Like, like if they missed a paycheck, that would be bad news. Yeah, and I could definitely see, you know, then it's pretty easy, like, well, uh, look at Elon. He's not living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, and, like, people like Jeff Bezos, what, what like, there's an insane amount of money that he makes, mm-hmm. like, a, like, a day. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? It was it was a ton. <laughs> yeah, a whole lot. Like like some X million dollars a day or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't. Um, I mean, part of it is it's just like the dis dis disenfranchisement of unions too. Like the mm. fact that I'm um, in America for a while now, unions have been kind of like villainized, and people, the workers, have kind of like lost their voice and they're like. Um, races have or wages have kind of stagnated um yeah that. yeah <laughs> that. um I think that wraps it up for our articles speaking well unless you want to talk about um Trump organization CFO granted uh, immunity yeah that's a dumpster fire that's uh, pretty pretty quick one obviously uh cohen and manafort convicted um and alan weiss weiss solberg uh cfo of trump organization um granted legal immunity um and i think uh, he was subpoenaed earlier this year uh, to testify before a grand jury um but basically this guy like over has overseen the finances uh for trump organization for like decades like he knows where all the bodies are buried <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, like, that's, yeah. Uh, that's wild. like if if there's any like ghetto money um with Trump, this guy um knows. So then and, but I was also thinking, um would he so is it I I'm thinking it's also possible that uh he was just granted immunity but he has nothing. Right, but I don't know yeah. what I'm saying. He, I mean, so, I mean, we're gonna have to wait and see uh, if he reveals anything. But yeah, I mean, like this is this is happening at a pretty fast pace. Like, yeah, even like, a couple weeks ago, like, like the fact that his lawyer and his campaign manager um, are going to jail now is <laughs> not yeah. voting very well. Um, but. Yeah, like um, I think it, Trump it's kind of scary. At like any time, 
he could just like yeah. Trump could just end end it the investigation into himself, which is just <laughs> yeah. Not that's right why I, that's interesting why he hasn't done that, right? Because he can just do that, right? Well, <laughs> what does that imply if he does that though? Yeah, that's true. Like, I'm, he might just be holding off until maybe the last minute or what i don't know but after this it's not looking good yeah um at all <laughs> yeah that's uh that's uh that's the thing oh uh another thing i want to talk about quick um this happened just today uh, Dev- uh democrats overhaul their um uh, primary system um which basically just gets rid of the super delegates uh, do you remember this oh, yeah. um so there were like, um, I think the super delegates were just ranking party members mm-hmm. that would be able to like vote in that had like a vote in the primary, um, that would that would go directly to like the like the count or whatever, right? Yeah. And so I remember in 2016, one Bernie had like three super delegates, and Clinton had like 200. There's like, and it made it like, and if you just looked at the at the state votes and like the actual like the actual people voting not the super delegates it was like actually pretty close mm-hmm. then the super super delegates just tipped the scales yeah um so yeah like i'm actually right. i'm actually surprised that they did this um yeah. basically yeah. just making the democratic party more democratic <laughs> yeah i just yeah i don't understand why we even need delegates like i mean this isn't the national election why can't we just do popular vote but i don't know yeah <laughs> and the national election popular vote too i remember when i did my persuasive uh, speech on that i think <laughs> someone someone was like well uh, like that would be like the end of democracy in the united states and i was like oh, well uh, actually I, not really so yeah uh <laughs> Uh, I think that wraps it up for news then. Yeah, news. Sweet. On to news. likes and dislikes. Oh boy, you want to go first? Uh, shoot, I guess I will. We've kind of been talking about economics here. So, my mind has been opened. I am seeing You've with been my third eye. Radicalized. Yes, <laughs> I have. Down with the government. No. Um, so, um,. Watched uh, Political Juice, uh, semi-small, uh, pretty hard right-leaning uh, YouTube channel, um, and he has an hour-and-a-half video on trickle-down economics. Uh, and so, I mean, I, I'm honestly not even going to get into the politics of it or anything with that. I was just uh, going to say what, what really uh, opened my eyes, so to speak, was that trickle-down economics doesn't exist. Like what? I uh, know it's like it's a hundred percent a straw man, and not a single economist ever has proposed it. And I believe there may be like three or four people who aren't economists and just random Joes, like you know, uh, who have like um, like uh, implied it. Like there was one guy in Reagan's cabinet that, like, said something about it trickling down, but, like, he was just, like, a random guy in his cabinet. Uh, so, yeah, like, I, which kind of blew my mind because I, I had grown up thinking, oh, trickle-down economics, that's the conservative plan for uh, economic growth, which it, it's not. 
the conservative economic um, model is supply side economics, which is now what's that? <laughs> what's that? <laughs> which is basically completely different. Well, not completely different, but like trickle down economics is just a small. Let me explain it. So, I mean, uh, supply side economics and trickle down economics are kind of used interchangeably, but it's it, like extremely incorrect. Trickle down economics is cut taxes for the rich and magically the economy will get better. Where supply side economics is cut taxes for everyone and remove regulations and the economy will get better, which I'm not saying whether or not that's right or not. But, it, and then on the left, not to point fingers, but on the left, you know, like, so whenever a tax cut is introduced, then the left likes to say, oh, trickle down economics, you're cutting taxes for the rich, but usually it's a general tax cut. So. Mm-hmm. That is the left's conspiracy to take down the Republican establishment. Your eyes have been opened. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, that actually blew my mind because I remember uh, seeing in what history class in. Okay, our, so our, our just teacher. just saying our our history teacher yeah is actually kind of. He is he he manages to be so centrist that he's wrong <laughs> on both sides. Yeah, because he was like, yeah, uh, trickle down economics, uh, controversial topic. Some people say it works, some people say it doesn't. It's like literally no economist has ever like said it's a thing. But so. then the same thing, he's like, uh, any uh, socialism is just anything the government <laughs> does. Social security, that's socialism. Medicare, yeah, that's socialism. I'm just saying, you know, like. It's like. No. <laughs> no, no. So yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and I think the prime minister of Denmark uh, didn't he say like he's like Denmark is not socialist. It's yes, capitalist. It's, it's a it's a welfare state. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, <laughs> oh man. Uh. So yeah. Uh. I recommend the video if you want an in depth breakdown of supply side economics. Um. Uh, it's called The Myth of Trickle-Down Economics, full video, uh, on Political Juice's YouTube channel. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think that's all I have to say. But also, uh, with the tax cuts um, we have now, like, just in general, decreasing taxes when the government is already financially <laughs> not doing so well yeah. is probably not the best idea. Like, and, and now with the tariffs... Kind of just—it's just cutting cutting industry off because th- this isn't the 1860s anymore. There's not going factories aren't everywhere anymore. We're we're servant we're like we're a service economy now. Um, trying to force what used to be like just isn't going to work. Like we're not like a big like industrial economy. We're like a service economy now. Mm-hmm. Well, so trying to, yeah, trying to force the struggling, um, like coal industry or like any like um, like aluminum or whatever or steel, um, just yeah, not not doing so well for American businesses. Well, and yeah, if I can step on my political soapbox for a second, um, I mean I'm a hundred percent for free trade, and I I understand where Trump is coming from. Because, well, he claims, I haven't looked up uh, any 
evidence to back him up so I, I'm not sure if they're true or not but you know he claims that we're like having unfair trade deals and like Germany and other countries like that tax our cars while we don't it's like whether or not it's true is irrelevant I, like if he wants to like you know remove that t- it's just like negotiate before you take on the tariffs right I mean like say we will add on tariffs if you don't give us free trade I mean, like, let's make a deal here because free trade is always, like, it's always good. And if the steel industry or the coal industry is declining, so, I mean, that's the economy. We're not supposed to say, oh, hey, this big industry is declining. We need to do everything in our power to prop it up. That's not how the economy works. Looking at you, looking at you, bank bailouts. (laughs) Yeah, like, like, <laughs> like, oh, wow, that's not doing good. It, like, just let the con, just let the free market decide. Okay, sorry. Wow. Uh, I'll step off my political soapbox <laughs> for a second. <laughs> Getting a little triggered. <sighs> okay, so I'm going to go to my likes and dislikes. And this one, um, this is one I've had arguments with my family about, um, the whole, like, cable cutting thing. So uh, I saw this article. It was uh, the, the about Netflix, Netflix testing ads out, and I'm like, okay, that's the stupidest thing ever. Like, why would we you pay for Netflix and want to watch ads? Um, but but like like I bring it up like when I bring like um, cord cutting up to my family, especially my mom. I'm like, okay, mom, we're paying like an obscene amount of money to be shown programs that we can't even choose what we're going to watch, like, other than the cha- changing the channel, and we're forced to watch ads for, like, a third of the time, and we're paying them to show us ads and not even see stuff that we want to watch. And they just they just don't understand my reasoning. They're like, well, like... Yeah, no, I... Yeah, it's, it's just really annoying, and it's with my sister, too. She's like, well... <laughs> Like they they have to have ads because then they they won't make money. But like Siri, we're already paying them like two hundred dollars a month just to watch ads for like like um like ten like seven to ten minutes for every half hour. <laughs> yeah, no. just... yeah, I completely agree because I think we were probably paying like one fifty a month, or no, it's maybe more like a hundred a month for like the most basic uh um television and mm-hmm. then like a year later we just cancel it and got netflix and hulu so that's 20 bucks a month plus we got like a 20 dollar, you know a one-time 20 dollar purchase of an antenna so we get all the local channels yep and so we get like literally every tv show we want because hulu usually has like newer episodes where netflix will just have like you know the office that's what i use it for it's just yep. like 20 bucks a month bam like there you go. Yeah. Also, I think the day that Netflix loses the office is the day that Netflix will die. That is a real <laughs> because, thing. Like, think of all the people that have Netflix like just to watch The Office yeah, over and over actually. again. <laughs> Which is kind of, well, it's kind of ridiculous because it's like, you could probably buy the box set for, what, like 50 or 60 bucks, and then that would <laughs> cover you for life. But, yeah. But no. No. This is a better deal. So I've but, only I seen mean, it, it is more convenient. <laughs> It is, for sure, because, I mean, like, a box set, what, that would be, like, three episodes on a disc, and there's, like, 20 episodes a season, that'd be pretty pretty annoying. 
Of course, you could just get your own server up and running, but that's a whole other day. Not not for everybody. Yeah, enough. Not everyone wants to be part of the Pirate Bay, Matt. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Oh, shoot. Yeah, I mean, do you have anything else to say? Well, shoot, Um, if... um, Before we go. (laughs) Wow, I don't know if this is out of the bounds of the show, but uh, for a like, I have been liking this wonderful band called Gojira as of late. Okay. Uh, and if I can just talk about them for a second. So basically, their their newest album, Magma, changed my life. <laughs> and that is fact. So basically, Gojira is... So they started out... Um, they started out in 1996 as Godzilla. But then in 2001, they changed their name to the Japanese version, Gojira. Slightly, <laughs> slightly racist. Gojira, you know, okay, anyway, um, and then, so they start out with, uh, technical death metal, so, pretty, pretty heavy stuff there, but they were, like, it, it it was, like, the lyrics, though, I can get down with, right, they're just, like, about (laughs) nature and stuff, they're (laughs) one of those bands, so, (laughs) so, anyway, their newest album is, uh, a, um, a, a larger step back, and I think I've listened to it probably four or five times, and I, I, I'm still not tired of it. It's fantastic. It, it, there's just, like, if I if I may say, every single track is a banger. There is not a single bad track on that album. Wow. It, it, it changed my that's, life, that, to be honest. That is, that, that's, that's quite the thing to say. It is. Well, because the, it's just... Well, I feel like I need a story time here, and this story <laughs> might take a while. And if you feel like cutting this out, go ahead. But I'm going <laughs> into story time, all right? This story time, because I need to fully explain how much this album has changed my life. And to do that, we must start at the beginning <laughs> of my musical interest career. So, it all started in seventh grade. When I uh, described my musical tastes as uh, uh, I liked classic rock and I cleansed my palate with early 2000s pop, (laughs) which is actually still true. I I enjoy early 2000s pop mostly because it's just nostalgic for me. Yeah. Uh, I don't necessarily even like it that much, but, you know, it's just a throwback to the days. So anyway, so it was kind of like classic rock. I mean, I wasn't a huge music listener, you know, it's like. I'd crank my knob to 107.9, which is the local <laughs> classic rock station. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so, I mean, you know, it's kind of like just the hits, you know, not really into anything deep. And then um, the the first major change in my, my life was uh, my hype train playlist on Spotify. <laughs> so this is where I collected all my favorite songs. And eventually, one day, I'm like, okay, ACDC, that's a pretty big band, right? So they're back in Black Album, hugely popular, and I'm not quite sure why. But uh, I just added the whole album to the, uh, right, to, uh, actually, no, I think I started out listening to the whole album. So that was really the first album that I listened to the entire thing. Because throughout my entire 
uh, musical enjoyment career. Uh, I I was always kind of like, dang, you know, like there are these pop stars, you know, like Taylor Swift, and they release a whole album, but people only listen to like one, maybe two songs off it, right? Mm-hmm. Those are the major songs. It's like there's other songs on there, right? But like, are those songs like just terrible? Are they good songs? Like nobody listens to them, right? So that curiosity kind of led me to listening to the whole Back in Black album, which is, I mean, like, every song in there is a hit, basically. Um, uh, yeah, so it, that kind of got me into listening to entire albums, which is an entire important footnote in my musical enjoyment career. <laughs> and so I, I was listening to that, right? I had ACDC on there, plus a couple other hits in my Hype Train playlist. All right. Then uh, then comes my Metallica phase. So, basically, you know, like, I, I was kind of getting into Iron Maiden, you know, like, it, like technically classified as heavy metal, but, I mean, they're pretty soft, let's be honest. So, not not too much of a step from ACDC. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, uh, Metallica is kind of in this category. And so, on Spotify, it shows you how many plays, uh, you know, a certain track has. So, I just looked at yeah. Metallica, and they had... Um, what, what's their most popular one? Uh, I can't think of it now. Uh, oh, Enter Sandman. So that had like 280 million plays. I'm like, dang, this is a popular song. So I play it for the first time, and I'm like, that is the worst song I've ever heard. Like, I actually, <laughs> I hated it. I'm like, why is this popular? It made me angry. Like, why is this popular? <laughs> so it, so I, I was like, okay. It's obviously got to be popular for some reason, right? So, like, over, like, the next few months, I kept coming back to it, hated it every time. And I must listen to it seven or eight times. And I just, I did not like it until, like, the ninth time. And I just kind of listened to it, and then it just kind of clicked, you know? Like, I can't describe it, but, like, suddenly I'm like, I get it now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I get it now. So, bam, that's in my Hype Train playlist. This is a major movement. All right, in my uh, musical enjoyment career. So then I'm like, all right, well, let's add some more popular Metallica songs. Add um, Master of Puppets. Um, Can't think of any right now. You know, popular. For Whom the Bell Tolls. Yeah, there we go. For Whom the Bell Tolls. um, You know, super popular Metallica songs like that. I'm like, all right, I'm a cool kid. I listen to Metallica. Anyway. Um, and then, uh, that same curiosity of there are other records on this track, it kind of prompted me, you know, you know, like they're the super popular songs, but there are other records, there are other songs on this track, other records on this track, I don't know what I'm saying, prompted me, uh, to listen to the whole track. And here comes my next life changing moment that actually got me into Metallica was, um, let's see. Ride the Lightning, the album. First track, um, Fight Fire with Fire. It's just, uh, like, pure thrash metal track. Super fast tempos, wailing guitar solos, awesome lyrics, just a headbanging song. And that just got me hooked, alright? <laughs> I then listened to that album probably five or six times. Then I listened to Kill 'Em All, their first album. Then Master of Puppets, their third album. Then Injustice for All, their fourth album. The Black album. And then I listened to their newest album, which is not that great. But, uh, 
So, yeah, then I was just hooked on thrash metal. So I was looking up thrash metal because, you know, I was that edgy teen rocker. Hey, I need to tell everyone that I'm into this, right? So I look up, okay, what kind, of, what genre I'm listening to? Okay, thrash metal. Click on it, and there's the big four. Slayer, uh, Anthrax, Megadeth, and Metallica. They were kind of the founders of thrash metal, so to speak. So... I'm like, all right, I gotta explore each of these bands. Slayer got a whole bunch of satanic stuff. No, thank you. Megadeth and Anthrax. I'm like, okay, I can get down with that. Uh, Anthrax definitely. I, I've really only listened to uh, one of their albums, which is um, Among the Living. Uh, definitely an interesting album, an acquired <laughs> taste, so to speak. Uh, um, and then Megadeth. I I still don't know why they're classified as thrash metal. I mean, I feel like none of their songs are really that fast at tempo. I don't know. Maybe I haven't listened to enough of their stuff. But anyway, I mean, I enjoyed those bands, right? Um, And then... Uh, oh, shoot. How did I... Oh, okay. And then um, I, I was in this phase of Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax. And uh, so I was just like... I just played some... Um, random Spotify playlist of, uh, like, you know, like, um, classic metal, you know, like classic rock, but like metals from the eighties and nineties. And they had a Pantera song on there, um, Cowboys from hell. And and when I first listened to it, I'm like, this is a horrible song. Why would anyone ever listen to this? And then I kind of went back to it. And, uh, this begins my Pantera phase. Which is uh, classified as groove metal, but, I mean, that's just kind of a weird name for it. It's just obscene, vulgar, loud, just, like, kind of astray from thrash metal. Because Metallica is, like, like you may not like the instruments, but, I mean, they're a fairly clean band. I mean, right, like, they're kind of family-friendly, to be honest. And uh, as I was going through my teenage rebel phase, you know... Um, Pantera became very appealing. And, I mean, I I still like them, obviously. I still like all these bands that I'm talking about. And so I listened to, um, what's the album called? Vulgar Display of uh, Aggression. And that was a good album. Great tracks on there. Uh, but it, Pantera is an interesting band because they kind of started out in the 80s with, you know, a little bit tamer metal. And then... Cowboys from Hell was their big break, but uh, they they aren't really screamo yet in this phase, all right? And they're kind of just like, it's still regular y- lyrics with some, you know, screams, kind of. Vulgar display of aggression, get a little more screamy, they're getting there. <laughs> and then Great Southern Trend Kill is another life-changing moment it, in which it's just, like, the first track, which... Uh, actually shoot uh, here I'll actually play the first track here uh, I don't know if yeah you can just add this in post or not if you want uh, let's see oh shoot do I have it muted So, you know, fairly rough. Uh, that's some um, fairly abrasive stuff. But that was kind of a life-changing moment, or 
life-changing moment in my music appreciation career uh, because, I, I don't know, it kind of, like, it broke through that barrier of, like, yeah, I was listening to metal, but it was still kind of, like, you know, it was safe metal. I wasn't quite through that barrier, and Pantera really helped me to break through that barrier of now I'm kind of, like, if it's metal, I'll listen to it and I'll appreciate it, you know? <laughs> You've been set free. <laughs> yeah, I've been set free from my chains. So, uh, listening to Great Southern Trend Kill, listen to um, their most popular album, which personally I think isn't as good as Great Southern Trend Kill, uh, Far Beyond Driven. Uh, listen to a little bit of their last album, too, but then their, uh, let's see, their lead guitarist, Dimebag Daryl, got shot up at a concert, and it's kind of sad story because like most people thought it was part of the act and it took like a minute for they're like oh shoot no he's actually getting shot guys um and then <laughs> and then their drummer died like a month ago i think so anyway um so that kind of broke me through into now i kind of appreciate all metal right which leads me to gojira uh in their newest album Magma. So, uh, yeah, oh, wow, great album. Um, and so they still have some death metal elements of, you know, that, those guttural vocals, but it's, uh, not quite there, and really not much of the album, actually, I'd say none of the album is in really a style of death metal, it's more, um, groove metal or I don't know all the classifications but you know just heavy metal Uh um and uh so yeah it's just a a fantastic uh album the drums in it are so good um uh the guitars are so good The, the singer is amazing just everything is good but I could not appreciate that album without my entire past because a lot of the lyrics are screamo mm-hmm. and guttural and uh, the drums are super heavy and uh, 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 abrasive and the guitars are just wailing and without that past, I'd never be able to appreciate this album. Well, thank you, Matt. <sighs> yeah. Your long, drawn-out oddly specific <laughs> yeah i know i know um Journey. i'm sure listeners at home will find that just riveting but uh yeah i i guess uh to round it up i just like music um yes and i i'm happy now that there's basically no music that i can't like and I couldn't have done it without my background of music appreciation. Wow. Okay. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> um, one thing that I've been li- liking lately uh, is a podcast called Bundyville. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember, like, last year when there was, like, it was in the news for a bit, uh, there was, like, those uh, those people that, like, took over, like, a wild rice reserve and had they had, like, a stake or, like, a, a shootout? Do you remember hearing about that? Like, No. Okay, well, I I remember, like, vaguely um, hearing about it, but it was, um, it was the, like, uh, this family that had a ranch um, out in Nevada, and and basically this podcast is kind of about the story about, like, them, um, 
and like their struggle um like with the government so um basically he believes that um since the government isn't out there to like enforce well no first he believes that the federal government can't own land because in the blm uh, the bureau of land management's like charter or whatever it says that uh, something about like the state can or only like the states can own land not the federal government but then that's kind of ignoring the constitution but whatever but he believes that the federal government can't own land and that like only the, like the state and county government can own land and when the government stopped giving him like cattle permits to like let him graze his cattle on like other land um he basically like started to go like full like you know like anti-government um dude you know, like whatever um and started like going to court a lot um and basically he lost um every time until this one time uh what happened was like like the the Bureau of Land Management was going to take his cattle as like reimbursement for like the millions of dollars in fees that he like incurred um and when he did he like like started like this movement and like called on like these like like libertarian like militias and like they came down and like um they like defended his like like land and eventually one day um the BLM comes in and like takes the cattle and like moves them over like by like an interstate like underpass and the guys come in on their trucks and like they like surround um like the blm with all the cattle and make them like like let them like let let the cows go now this guy like he had been letting his cows like roam so much that some of them were feral um so he obviously wasn't taking like too good care of him Mm -hmm. and he was more of like making a point but um uh, and then so like after that it's like oh yippee kaye big victory for us and then like uh, a couple months later there was a different guy having like a dispute in Oregon about like the same like kind of thing and this guy uh, comes up and like like does the same thing again and they take over uh, a wildlife reserve like they like they it was in the winter so like none of the buildings were like being used but they like broke in and like took took it over and um like they they like camped out there for a couple weeks and um they were gonna go um meet this like sheriff guy from a different county that like agreed with them and the um I i don't remember what government it was like the fbi that was into this now like put a roadblock on the highway one of their dudes got shot um i don't remember exactly what happened after that but then uh, they went to court and in in like in oregon i think they just completely dismissed them but then in like nevada like like the fbi went like on the like little details and stuff and like really went in depth saying oh this is like whatever he did this and this and this and then the guy guy comes up and talks about living on the ranch you know living with nature um stuff like that and um i think the case was like the uh declared mistrial but like it really got people starting to think like like what role does the government play with like like land and like the west um because i think they started like not 
giving up the cattle permits because of like there was like a turtle that was on the endangered species list now and so they wanted to protect that so yeah like the debate over like like should we like keep the land pristine like let the ranchers use it or use it for recreation yeah it's really interesting it goes into a lot more depth but uh yeah i've been listening to that that's interesting So, I don't know if we have much else to say. Um, it's actually been quite a while. It's been an hour and, like, five minutes-ish. <laughs> yeah. So, um... Uh, yeah, I don't know that, uh... I have anything else to say. Um... I... I'm mad. Back when I was talking about trickle-down economics, I shouldn't... I wrote it down on my little note page trumped up trickle down economics but it's too late the the bit has passed i was gonna say it in a screechy voice too but no it's gone um i think that's all though yeah um i think that's all for the deeper look podcast uh, th- this week and now i don't know i don't know if it's gonna be a weekly thing at all um uh, <laughs> it's it's definitely uh, seeming though like um yeah approximately might. yeah um, uh, I think when, when when did we record the last one? Let me check. Saturday night, actually. Really? So I mean, what, so far we're on a one week schedule. Like we have a one week streak. Spend, just spend one week. <laughs> uh, yeah, but definitely not planning a consistent or uh, 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 um, a set upload schedule. But I mean, maybe. If wow! It yeah. Works okay. Out that so way. so the last time we recorded was 18th. The time before then was the eighth so actually approximately weekly so yeah look at that We're so amazing. yeah i guess uh have a good day or night or um, afternoon uh sleep well uh don't let the bed bugs bite you <laughs> all right uh yeah this is adios <laughs> this is ben the deeper look podcast adios